Hello and welcome to Five Better Podcast. I'm Jim. And I'm Guy. This is a show where we take a classic song and try to find five better songs using a specific theme. We'll try and do this using our extensive musical knowledge, or we might just talk a load of rubbish and laugh a lot. Both of these approaches have their merits. So Guy, tell us what today's song is. Well, we have got, Jim, the 1985 classic by Rich, uh, Richard Drummy and Peter Cox, also known as Go West. We close our eyes, we never lose again. Imagination never lets us take the pain. We close our eyes to see the final flame. We close our eyes, but time slipping away. Well, obviously, that's We Close Our Eyes, as we just mentioned in the song there. Uh, 1985 classic. And I've got to be honest with Jim, I know you said last week about, or last episode, about your first uh, record you bought with Swing Out Sister Breakout. This is my uh, first ever record I bought in seven inch. Somewhere in the back of my mind, I think I know. I think I knew that. I think I knew. That. Weirdly, talking about songs that were bought, um, I can't remember whether it was this one, but I can't think what other Go West song it was. But I remember going record shopping with a mate of mine, and he bought a 12, 12 inch of Go West. Right. Um, and it must have been this one because I've looked. It, it was a song that I knew. And I, I was looking through their back catalogue and I just couldn't work out which one it was. I even tried to look up 12-inch covers from right, Go okay. West on Google just to see which <laughs> one it was. But it was, I, it must have been this one. But I did, I, yeah, this is a brilliant, brilliant song. I love, I love it. I mean, what really great, and this iconic kind of artwork, it feels like, uh, the sort of mannequin kind of toy wooden dummies uh, mm. on, on the single, but also obviously in the video, which we'll perhaps discuss in a second. But yeah, great tune, really good tune. I mean, it's their it's their biggest hit, isn't it? It's a classic. Yeah. It's definitely a classic. Um, didn't get to number one though in the UK. There was a lot of good songs around at the time, though. Yeah, number uh, it got number five. Um, but yeah, I mean, what 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 a chorus! First of all, what a voice by Peter Cox. I mean, brilliant. And obviously it's got that opening kind of intro sort of synth kind of hook, which is kind of the main kind of melody of the song. It's, uh, it's that, isn't it? That's the, that's the first thing that kind of grabs you, is that kind of opening, very 80s, very synthy kind of hook. I think they were a bit, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to say this because I really like Go West, but do you think they were a bit uncool in the 80s? Uh, do you know what it reminds me a little bit of? Slightly Shuey Lewis, Lewis and then Shuey Lewis, Louise. Uh, Shuey Lewis and the News kind yeah. of, it's that kind of, we've got 985, which is kind of that, that uh, band's kind of... I mean, I'm just okay, thinking about what was, what was cool in the, in the mid 80s. I didn't know they were cool. I didn't know they were cool. Were they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, thing that, the, the thing that always makes me question is that my mate who bought the 12 inch single pervade their coolness and I didn't think he was cool. Right. So I don't know whether... You'd have hated me in the um, then. <laughs> no, do you know, but look, it's funny because I was thinking and this, I, I was thinking this today and every time we do this podcast, I kind of find out that we're kind of kindred spirits on this sort of... <laughs> <laughs> on, on weird songs that we know. Definitely, yeah. It's almost like we've got... Um... Anyway, we're, not, we're not old, old, but like certainly the 80s kind of... I know way more about the 80s than I perhaps should do. Um, yeah, but in terms of music, West, I knew that you liked this song, 
And then when you talked about swinging out the sister last week, and it just a couple of times we talk about songs, and I think I don't know anyone else who would like this. Song. <laughs> well, quite a few people because obviously they got it to number five in the UK, so they obviously mm. bought bought it. Um, do you know what was which was the the best thing? One of the best things about this song is the video. Yeah, and if you've not seen the video, it's very this, Peter this is, Gabriel's you, Sledgehammer, you, isn't it? You've got to check it out. Oh, it's got it's definitely got us. It's got um. Well, he hasn't got quite got a sledgehammer. What's he got in his hands, Jim? He's got a wrench. It's a, it's got a, a wrench, monkey it? wrench. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Peter, Peter Cox is uh, he's kind of dancing with it, isn't he? He's got jeans and a vest on. He's like, he's like he. It's a bit like Kevin Bacon in Footloose. Um, he's like a really annoying in, in the Kevin early Bacon. bits so when he's when he's dancing in the in the barn. It's like that kind of. It's really it's an Americanized video. Yeah. It's it's done for the the video is done definitely done for the American audience. It's almost like American steelworkers, but it's, <laughs> I was watching it, and again, I don't want to do it down, but it did make me laugh. It's like not American steelworkers; it's a British plumber's turned up, <laughs> and then some bloke with a guitar keeps popping in. But it's, lot, like, yeah. it's very of the time, isn't it? You know, do you know what? It's got real echoes of kind of Die Hard and Bruce Willis. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's got that. Be- well, he must be made like it. Him. I bet that's where Willis got his inspiration from. The oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. I mean, there would be no Die Hard without uh, Peter Cox. There wouldn't. There wouldn't. <laughs> there would be no Hans Gruber. <laughs> no John McClane. <laughs> there would be no Is It a Christmas Film? Isn't It a Christmas Film? Debate going on every yeah, Christmas. It, yes, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, great video. I mean, yeah, the, sort of the mannequin kind of like wooden. Um, yeah, sort of dark that's what makes me think it's a bit like Kit Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure what they add to the video, these toy wooden dummies, but... Uh, I always think they're for, like, life drawings, aren't they? I think people no, do I know, they are literally, I know what they're literally for, but I don't know yeah. why they're in the video. Well, maybe they could let us know. That would be pretty <laughs> impressive if... I mean, that's the other thing. I like Go West. I don't want to pan Go West. So Peter Cox actually uh, did retweet. Uh, we liked. Our, 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 no, he retweeted it. So, um, hey. and we did actually get some suggestions on the back of that, which we'll perhaps uh, talk about later on in terms of sort of contributions. But, uh, but listen, we've so, got to talk. We've got to talk about really why, um, how I got him to. Well, I didn't get him. How we got him to retweet. I think partly because my brother Simon Merry, uh, who is a musician, a drummer, uh, knows him, and I think he uh, had a little word with them via sort of social media so that's why he ended up kind of retweeting it so um, but I think the best thing to do is perhaps we have listened to my brother because I interviewed him about uh, his experience because he played with Go West uh, yeah back in, back in t- 2017 so here he is Simon Mary talking about sort of his experience playing with Go West and also why he thinks We Close Our Eyes is a great song. Hello chaps yeah so Go West I, I first worked with Go West oh must be must be about 10 years ago now yeah it's not it's not an easy gig to play their gig it's it's they've got some their songs are quite tricky and uh there's a lot of you know intricate parts and and weird bars that you don't really notice until you actually have to play it so um yeah it was uh it all went well and i've and I've, I've played with them sort of over the years every now and then when um their regular drummer can't do it but yeah the guys the two guys peter cox richard drummy lovely guys but Pete Cox's voice is, I mean, his range is unbelievable. He's, um, he can really hit those high notes. He's got a really strong falsetto voice and um, 
I mean, he can still sing like that now. We close our eyes. Um, they obviously play at the end of their set, um, which obviously goes down a storm um, live. And they, um, the version they do live is quite an extended version with um, lots of instrumental um, bits in it. And it also uh, features um, a sort of drum solo. So that's great. Thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, check them out live if you can. It's, uh, they're, 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 it's an amazing show. What makes it such a good song is that huge synth hook. And that is just, I mean, it's just from the off. That is like, oh, here we go. Um, and it sort of defines that sort of mid 80s. I think it was 1985 it was released, but it's, it was produced by a guy called Gary Stevenson, who did a lot of 80s stuff and at that time. Um, and he still does a lot of stuff now. But he, I mean, that, if you actually listen to that song uh, intensely, it's, there's a lot going on. There's so many synths and little bits and weird sound effects. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a powerhouse of a song. Fine words from your brother there about... Um, so I, I agree with him. It is a powerhouse of a song. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, totally. It's kind of... It's... It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a synth power ballad without being a ballad. If you know what mm. I mean, it's got that. It's got really kind of kicks in, doesn't it? I love the bit where it goes away, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yes, it. He, uh, um, he mentions about these sort of sound effects. Actually, the whole the beginning of the song starts with kind of almost like steel work, which is what I think maybe links yeah. to the video. That kind of like almost machine sounds, uh, sort of like clanking away mm. before the synth comes in, but. Uh, but he's right. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. Jimmy, it's not. It's not your average kind of mid '80s kind of like one-hit wonder. It's, it's, it's well crafted as a song. Do you know? What? I, I quite like some of the lyrics as well. I mean, like the obviously, you know, we close our eyes. We never lose a game. Imagination never lets us take the blame. I like the idea of talk, uh, we are tigers in the dark. We are burning. It's all kind of. It's a force. It's like the powerhouse, isn't it? It's the idea. It's quite. You know, heroes never give in to the night. It's. It's quite much. I've it? often wondered why they're closing their eyes. Why is uh, he closing his eyes? Open your eyes. <laughs> it's like it's it's I'll tell you what it is with this song. Like those Don Johnson types with the slacks yeah. and the blazer rolled up with the sleeves and some espadrilles. Really? Oh yeah. It's, oh, it's, really it's Miami Vice a go go, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, yeah definitely. It's right in there. I mean, the video of, um, of, for this song has got Richard Drummy, who's Drummy, who's the sort of the songwriter, I think, of, the, of this of this tune, and um, he's got a suit, very very like a Don Johnson esque kind of suit, but also yeah. looks a bit kind of like uh, David Byrne in sort of Road to Nowhere kind of as well. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. He looks a bit like the guy from Pretty in Pink as well, who went on to be in uh, um, Two and a Half Men. Okay, you know, Charlie Sheen's brother. Oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. In, he's one of the main guys of Pretty in Pink, and he's yeah. got that kind of haircut down the middle. And do you know, a bit like the guy from um, also sorry, just looks a bit like uh, the bloke from uh, uh, OMD or Custom Maneuvers in the Dark. Oh yeah, in one yeah, of their videos. yeah, yeah. But they still look good. I mean, they still got the look. I mean, Peter Cox obviously now has gone full Willis uh, and has lost his hair. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Wrong with that. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I, I can't, I can't say anything. I'm sitting here with a bowed head and a vest. So, <laughs> I'm going to say you've dressed for the evening. I've got a full. Yeah, I've come as I've come as Peter Cox. I would wear a suit. Going to get the wrench out of the cupboard and uh... <laughs> get a little span of that, dude. Near enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a great song, and obviously they're still playing. As uh, Simon said, is uh, this is the, the last track they play? Is their big number, isn't it? Um, so that's that's our main tune, isn't it, Jim? So uh, again, what's the uh, obviously every every um, classic song we look at listeners we've got a theme with it and uh, this is quite an apt theme for what happened what's been going on lately it is political go on Jim explain it we're we're diving into the debate we're diving into the debate talking about boldies Um, this one not as cool as Willis or Peter Cox this one's a weird weasley little man with glasses Uh, Dominic Cummings who clearly flouted lockdown rules and then Drove 30 miles to test his eyesight. Um, apparently. Seems reasonable. Seems reasonable, yeah. 30 miles away and then 30 miles back. On his, I read today it was on his wife's birthday, suspiciously. Yeah, no. That the three uh, of them got pure, in the car and tested pure, his pure eyesight. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, he didn't even know it was his wife's birthday. Good and then see. what I love is the fact that he came out and went, I didn't do anything wrong, so you should all shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, mate. You're winning the hearts and minds there. Essentially, yeah, um, that's what he said. Uh, but that's that's why we're linking it. So it's about we thought uh, you had the idea of like something about eyesight. So songs uh, that are sort of featuring the idea of eyesight or seeing. I just wanted to say last week we said we didn't want to wade into a political debate debate about lockdown because um, you know we weren't. You know, we thought it was a good thing. This time we're wading into the political debate. Down with the fascists. <laughs> You've got a vest and a wrench. I mean, there's no stopping you. You've gone bronze. There's no stopping me. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you see, you wait till you see me at Bernard Castle. Booze <laughs> talk, booze talk. What you drinking tonight? Okay, what? so what are you drinking? You'd be staggered, I'm sure, to uh, to find out that I'm drinking pale ale. Uh, and uh, uh, with lockdown, it's become, it's become many things that have been good. Spending time with my family, <laughs> not working. Um, get some DIY done around the house and also a love of actually ordering online now cases of beer um, mm. and I've been ordering from this company so in fact this is the first batch I ordered that haven't already been there to the actual brewery itself it's the Wild Card Brewery uh, which is in oh, Francisco, yeah. East London which is where we both live yeah and this is been their, there a few times yeah Very been nice. a few times this is their Indian Pale Ale and it is uh Five point five percent. So I got two. One of these, five five. Another one which is about four point three. Uh, yeah, it's the Queen it's, of Diamonds. The Queen it? of Diamonds. Yeah, it's lovely. It's really lovely. In fact, and the King of Hearts I've got as well. Um, yeah, they they're, they're the closest I've found like of canned beers that taste just like a bit of a draft as well. Really fresh. Yeah, really I do like them. They're really good. Um, I've been super impressed. This has been really good. So I've been getting through this. Um, good, uh, good tap room in. Uh, just down from Wolfenstein Village and Raven's Cross. Is that the Raven's Ravenswood? Ravenswood, Ravenswood, Ravenswood. Yeah. What are you drinking, Jim? Well, I am in full summer swing. So I am drinking tonight a rosé I bought from a local corner shop. Nice. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's called the Marquis of Victoria. It's a Rioja rosé. I quite, quite like a rosé. We talked, we've talked about rosé before, haven't we? Yeah, Obviously yeah. You delve into it in the summer, but um, 
Honestly, if it's I prefer too... it to white wine in the summer. Yeah, because white wine gives me a headache, but if it's too, it sometimes can be a bit too sweet, Rosie, so you've got to find your find the right yeah. one. Yeah, I've found some good ones in the past. I was drinking a really good one the other night, a Sancerre one that was very nice. This one's okay, very manageable. It's a bit heavier than I would normally drink, but beggars can't be choosers when you buy from a corner shop. So, well no, done to nice. the Marcus to Victoria. Well I'll, done. I'll quite happily um, drink. I love a rosé in the summer. Obviously, we've got six uh, songs each, which, um, if you don't know, listeners, we're going to roll the dice and whatever number uh, arrives, we have to find the corresponding song. So we've got six, six choices each. Um, Make that sound much more difficult. Do you know what I did? I was thinking choices, songs, <laughs> corresponding. <laughs> six songs, basically. That's it. And to, just to... F- make it a bit more interesting we roll the dice and see who see what comes up so there's a bit of luck involved as well yeah yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not confident about something to be honest with you so okay go on go for it i'm gonna roll for you and i'm gonna roll and let's see what you've got you have a three okay three good that's the one that i thought that came up not so sure about um (laughs) (laughs) all right this is actually this is supposed to feel going back to sort of categories of a song this would be my memory song uh and this is by the band the scottish band bell and sebastian and the song is called seeing other people seeing other people obviously I suppose the link first of all is the idea uh of seeing uh and it's the idea of not about seeing looking but the idea of uh, it's with a girl and they're, they're going to see other people so i.e. I, they're basically split up uh, or, or have a relaxed relationship I, do you know 1996 was, was the first time this album, the album was released and that's the first time I, went, I was at university first time I met you wasn't it mm. so um, this, is, this holds that kind of lot of really good memories for me this album was released uh, sort of later in that sort of year of 1996 and I suppose essentially they're like an, an indie band but and they're quite Faye. I don't mean that in a kind of like really kind of like they're um, they're chilled or they're kind of um, just a bit soppy. I think because they can be considered to be a little bit soppy. I, I really like them. I think they're really a real good band. They're quite they're an interesting Scottish band. This is their second album. The first one kind of didn't do much, and then this came out, and then suddenly they've got a real big following, and everyone kind of wanted to get their first album with Tiger Milk, and this album, the second album, which is uh, If You're Feeling Sinister kind of broken they never really got massive massive no Bell and Sebastian they, they got like best breakthrough artist about 1999 or 2000 the Brits uh I think their song Funny Little Frog or something but um but they didn't they didn't really get big but they're kind of cool and they're kind of big enough to to make records and to tour and they've got a real big following but they're not mainstream um no they've got a great name as well Bella Sebastian was from a, it's from a um, I think I must have mentioned it before on the podcast, but it's from an old sort of French children's book. Yeah, yeah. Bella Sebastian. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, I always used to think it was very, very Jamie and the Magic Torch. Yeah, that kind of idea. And, and it sounded, and I always liked it for that. Their whole, um, I mean, I love the whole the band's concept of the kind of the artwork for their records they used to do, and it was all very sort of thought through. And uh, yeah, this song's great. It's, just, it's a, I love the piano opening. It's a really kind of, um, Again, there's quite a lot going on. It's not not even slightly similar to uh, We Close Our Eyes. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I really like Stuart Murdoch, the singer's voice, and I like his um, 
the way his lyrics are almost sort of poetic and stories. And this, the whole album is a bit like a story. It brings back sort of memories of young kind of youth and love and how you sort of, it's all, everything's a bit awkward and no one really knows what they're doing. And I thought at that point, 996, it kind of felt right. Um, mm. And yeah, it's a, when it's they a good were, When they were kissing, when they were kissing, did they, by chance, close their eyes? <laughs> no, well, there's a line about hand over my mouth, which makes me a bit dodge. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so seeing other people, I suppose that's my interpretation of what, you know, sight and seeing and I suppose seeing can yeah, be no. things, can't it? Oh, I, think it fit, I think it fits yeah. the brief. I think yes. it fits the brief. Um, I think Do you know what, I, very quickly, I know, I know um, I've mentioned this on another band of mine that I, I, hadn't se- I had never seen... Fa- I didn't see for 11 years. I mentioned it a couple of times. Oh, James, James Addiction. <laughs> I've been dying to see. I, was, I saw Bella Sebastian actually in 1997 with uh, my friend Graham, who lived in Glasgow, which is where they're from. So I used to do a lot of gigs around there. And I, never, I didn't see him ever again until about 2018. And I saw him play it and I was like, yes, <laughs> finally. 11 years. <laughs> I've not seen him for 20 years. Like 20 years. I've not seen him in 20 years. And uh, yeah, they're really good. And I've forgotten how many song, good songs they had. And their albums are really great. So... I'm a, I'm a massive fan. Well, you've, you've put a good case forward there. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, it's, it's, it's not even slightly similar. It's a completely different structure of a song. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not the powerhouse. Different. It's not a powerhouse song. It's completely different. And it's, I not like a, it's, not a track they, it's not a track they released as well. It wasn't like a, it's not a, a song that had a chart uh, history. It's a track of No. Song. No, it's good. It's a good song. Unfortunately, I don't think it's better. Okay. Then we close our eyes. Yeah, um, it's good. To, I really do. I like Ben and Sebastian. I don't know them as well as you do, but I've always liked them. Like I just the name drew me to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but I just unfortunately I can't. I just can't do it. I just can't put it as a better song. That's fine. I mean, so and, I, I, that's one of the ones on my list of six that I was. I was like. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I like it. I'm not saying it's any worse, but... Um, I think it's a, it's a good song, but I think I've got... Uh, yeah, Peter Cox giving you the wrench there. <laughs> is it because you look like Peter, Peter Cox tonight? Is that why you've uh, you suddenly might, got, a bit, might be a little bit. got a bit defensive there? He's, he's basically, he's looking over, he's shouting at you, welcome to the party, pal. Um, so, 1-0 to, uh, to go west. Ah, oh, right. Good start for him. Good start. Let's give it a go. Right, I'm going to roll for you, Jim, and I'm going to roll from the digital dice, the number two. Number two. Okay, let's have a look down my list. Here you go. Ah, oh, this is a good song. Good song. It's a song from a movie. It's uh, a song from one of the great series of movies. It is For Your Eyes Only by Sheena Easton from the film with the same name starring... Roger Moore. Okay, so a classic Bond thing. Um, uh, you know, uh, name of the name of the film. Uh, there's not any that aren't the name of the film, are there? Thinking. Um, um, no, they're 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 all uh, uh, yeah. They're all the apart from Doctor No. Casino Royale? No, that's true. No, Although okay. the, 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 the original version of Casino Royale did, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, with oh. um, uh, Peter Sellers and 
Ah, David yeah. Niven. David Niven. Yeah, yeah. See, five James Bonds, I can see the Roy, yeah. <laughs> uh, something like that, anyway. Got him. For your eyes only, got him. For your eyes only. Fancy that. Okay, so Scottish, Scottish pop pixie, Sheena Easton. She was really short as well, uh, but quite, kind of really big in the 80s, and uh, she's kind of did quite well, didn't she, with... Some of her songs, Nine to Five, and... Uh, did she go out with Prince? She did. She married Prince, I believe. She, no, she didn't marry Prince. I'm sure she married Prince. That's uh, her look. That's that's it, that's it. She never became Mrs. Prince. She was Mrs. Prince. She's a princess. Sheena Easton. Uh, yeah, she's... um. Yeah, what else did she do? So she's Scottish, isn't she, you say? Yeah. And she, did nine she, to did, five. she was in... Um, she was in got the look with Prince wasn't she she duetted that's with him yeah, on yeah. that that's the one that's um, the one. she did that my baby works from nine to five I get the bit to get you. that one uh, not the classic Dolly Parton um, no okay nine to five so this song uh, wasn't uh, the usual James Bond which was uh, uh, John Barry um but was uh, the soundtrack for this was done by Bill Conti, oh, um, okay. which uh, doesn't normally happen. And him and Michael Neeson wrote the lyrics, and it was performed by Sheena Reeston, yeah. nominated for both an Academy Award and the Golden Glo- Golden Globe in 1982. Mm-hmm. Have you got that in your locker, Go West? I don't think so. <laughs> um, it's the it's the first Bond film in history, and this yeah. made Bond film history. And is still to date the only, she's the only artist to perform the scene tune on screen during the opening title sequence. Get Have you got that in your locker? Get out of I don't it. think so. Mind you, they were in the, they could have been in the title sequence for Die Hard, so um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not sure. It's, it's kind of a warbling kind of ballad, isn't it? It's a it love is, yeah. song. It's a. Uh, Obviously, so the link to eyesight, obviously, we're seeing is for your eyes only. Your eyes the, only, yeah. It's the sort of code, isn't it, for yeah to look at the top secrets and only for these certain people to look at it. A privileged, a privileged yeah. Few. Although at the end of the film, the the, the um, French model woman drops her clothes and said to Roger Moore, "For your eyes, for your eyes only, James," and his eyebrow <laughs> raises <laughs> up. <laughs> No, no, Roger Moore's eyebrow raised up, never. <laughs> I did, I saw it, I saw it. And he kind of does that kind of cheeky look. Well, yeah. well, that's what she said. <laughs> she wants more, she get it. Um, <laughs> so fewer eyes only. Oh, I mean, it, it's, it's not my favourite Bond, uh, Bond theme, I'll be honest with you. Um, and... Your eyes only. That, do you know what? That's the bit I don't. That's the bit I think I don't like of the song, where she kind of just kind of. Put your <laughs> eye. Oh, I mean, obviously that's the, the lyric of the, the title of the song. It, it the kind of, she sings it really staccato, doesn't she? Mm. Um, it's like kind of. She kind of. She kind of. She's sort of dipping her toe into Kate Bush's territory, as it were. <laughs> she is a little bit. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kate Bush. Yeah, can't do that. Go west, can you? Have they got that in their locker? I don't <laughs> think so. Their locker's tiny. I don't know, what, don't know what's in the locker, apart from a wrench. A wrench. Oh, well, it's, a lo- it's, a lo- it's a long locker then, in that case. Um, all right, so, the song. Um, 
Okay, it's cat. I mean, obviously, it's a Bond theme, so they're not going to have any old crap, are they? It's it's got to be. It's fairly. It's a decent song. Um, I think, well, I, I I don't want to argue against myself, but his chart <laughs> positionings in 1981 are pretty poor. Oh really? Okay. The only so ones is... I could find were in Sweden. Uh, and these are the album. These are the albums, maybe. Right. But to be um, honest, it's not a song that you'd necessarily want to push. I mean, you think you're like a few years later. That was the uh, no, Viv McKill wasn't Duran Duran. Um, yes. That was the next film, I think, wasn't it? Roger Moore. Was that Roger Moore's uh, last film? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it uh, was. He did five, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, that, yeah. That, that whole kind of, from then on, the song became kind of fairly chartable, didn't it? With sort of uh, Chris Cornell and, you know, Madonna, every sort of bond. Yeah, thing yeah. Went, pretty much went to the top ten, pretty much, didn't it? Yeah, um, Aha, Tina Turner. Of course, yeah. Um, but I don't think she did, did she? Are you saying she, you're not sure? Um, well, no, that was for the album. So that's very different. She actually, uh, it was very good, actually, the chart positions. Uh, number one in the Netherlands, in Norway, and in Switzerland. Everyone's number one um, in the Netherlands, Norway. <laughs> <laughs> Got to number four in France, uh, number four in the US Billboard charts, mm. um, and number eight in the UK singles. So for 1981, that's not bad, getting not in the, bad anything in the top 10. She was top 10 all over the world, really, apart okay. from the Irish singles charts where she was 11. Japan, they hated it, number 22. And Spain, <laughs> they weren't too keen either. You suddenly just captured the mood <laughs> based on the chart position. Japan hated it. I mean, absolutely loathed it. Absolutely despised it. Go West, loved them. Top 10. Go <laughs> Um, for your eyes, I, I, you know, the, the powerhouse that was mentioned by Simon doesn't have it for me for your eyes only. Um, nominated as best original song at the Academy Awards. She may have it in a locker. Did she win it though? No, nominated though. That means you're in the top five, top six, top five. The Academy Awards hated her. Almost as much as the Japanese. Um, all right. Okay. For your eyes only, I'm going to say, I don't think it's better. I don't think it's better. Okay. So, I, thought uh, I, was, I thought Roger Moore, <laughs> Roger Moore was going to be a trump card. Roger Moore often is a trump card in most, most sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of <laughs> arguments or sort of decision-making that I have. What would Roger Moore do? <laughs> um, you get to a certain point, you just go, uh, Roger Moore. <laughs> um, but I don't think it is. Sorry to say that, Sheena. Um, I don't think she had enough work oh, behind her. Oh, she didn't have enough work behind her to sort of like sort of push her even further into my sort of thinking that she could. Um, let me say that. Go West had a few hits, but. Uh, <laughs> she, you know, she, she, they're still around. She's not. It's 2 0 Go two West. 2 0 to Go West. Um, your time to roll for me, mate. Okay, I'm going to roll for you, and you're going to get a number one. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Um, okay, I've got I've gone modern. Stand back in amazement. Raise your eyebrow, Roger Moore. Uh, okay, this is it. This is Blinded by Your Grace and it's Storm. Blinded by Your Grace. Actually, Blinded by Your Grace Part 2 is its correct title. Um, 
and it's the 2017 song by Stormzy and uh, it's his fourth single from his album uh, Gang Signs and Prayer uh, and to be honest I think it's one of my favourite tunes of him and I've got to be honest I'm not I didn't expect to like kind of Stormzy and kind of I don't, I'm not a massive fan of grime or I wouldn't say anything modern because I maybe sound really old but it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> seem to me that it's it's meant to be sort of my kind of music for me for my culture mm. um but I'm always kind of I'm always quite wary of things like that because actually there's quite a lot of things I do like because I've got quite a fairly I think I've got quite an eclectic taste um and to be honest this standalone song isn't really sort of like indicative of what Storms is like as an artist like he's, he's got a lot of songs to completely dissent to this but this song for me it stands out and it stands out for, for a few reasons first of all why is it linked to eyesight blinded by your grace so the idea it's um uh the idea of God and he's kind of uh kind of been accepted by God for the things that he's done wrong. And obviously the, the lyrics are alluding to that. And the whole thing's kind of a, it's kind of like a love song to God. And obviously he's Christian. And he mentions it quite a lot when he's, when he's interviewed or, you know, when he accepts awards, he always thanks God. Um, and I think generally I sort of quite believe him. He's not doing it in a sort of showbiz American, mm. God for, for, you know, for this and that. Um, um, and I think the song is actually quite a beautiful song. Um, and it's yeah it is like a hymn so it starts off with almost like a church organ playing uh, yeah there's, there's choirs come in there's a massive kind of band it gets a little bit kind of quite american kind of like gospel band when it's just kind of all kicks off um and it, yeah like i said i think it's re it's really beautiful it does the thing which i've always loved with songs and I'm, and I'm not religious i'm not even really a christian i don't really follow a particular religion but i do think it's quite powerful when you mention the word kind of god or uh, hallelujah or, um, or Lord and I think it's actually some of Jesus my favourite well some of my favourite songs have got those words, you know those references in it God only knows my sweet Lord um, so I don't know what I it is like, about um, uh, Norman Greenbaum Spirit in the Sky what does he mention about oh he's mentioned Lord yeah oh, we're going to have a friend in Jesus yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Spirit in the yeah, Sky yeah I think it's quite an honest song I think it's quite genuine I do believe him when he sings it I mean um I think I think the the chorus is really catchy. I think actually the melody itself is obviously quite is is really catchy, and I like, I just like the intention behind it. Um, Isn't it? Wasn't didn't he do it at Glastonbury in the rain? He did it at Glastonbury, and but, it, it, was, it wasn't um, raining, but there was rain on the stage. There's rain came on the stage, but also he sort of I think for for that moment on stage then like a couple of years ago, wasn't it? You know, he was the first British yeah. black, black artist to headline the main stage in Glastonbury, yeah. and you know that song came on, and he I think he had like. A, probably what in excess of 50 sort of choir uh, members yeah. behind him and he Ms. was on Kevlar. stage and he was just there Ms. on it. Vest. yeah that's right yeah he had the, the, the Banksy kind of um, vest on didn't he um, and you can sort of see when he, that song came in he sort of really kind of overcome with emotion by it and I um, yeah I mean I, I think he's great I think he's really good he comes across really well and honest and an interview mm. and like really genuine and humble you know he's not a big head I mean, some of his songs quite a, 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 allude to him being quite aggressive and he's quite angry um yeah which he is you know but i think he just comes across really well and humble and he's actually a, i think he's a proper sort of artist and he's he's not afraid to kind of cross sort of boundaries which, which is why i think i quite maybe why i like it i think is that he's he's kind of reaching out for different kind of people and it's not just his people or them or it's just not yeah. a young person's kind of um music and I uh yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, issue, it's a really good song. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. I think yeah, it's a really good song. I think my issue, same as yours, is like for me, grime is 
like I just I don't get it. I don't get it, and it, I don't even mean I don't get it in terms of what it what it's about because I, I of course I get that you know it's like teenage rebellion, isn't it? It's mm. Basically, rebelling against everything that's gone before with this different you know art musical form yeah. that you kind of put. You know, it, it's like house music, it's like rave punk, music, yeah. it's like acid house punk. Uh, rock and roll, um, UK garage at the time, you know, all of those things. They're just, it's the the new generation putting their stamp on, on a musical style. It's for me, it's a bit like garage in the fact that I just think, oh, yeah, how am, I, how am I like, if I, I like to go out and dance to music and uh, in, especially musical forms that are supposed to be for that. Like mm. grime is a dance music, and I, I just in in my head I just think, and it is age. Yeah, I know it's because I'm an old git, but I just think, ah, how am I dancing to that? <laughs> how, how am I doing my wander about, mincing about with my hands in the air to this? It's just not going to fit. No, I don't, and and so therefore the enjoyment isn't there. Um, it's a difficult one. Is it a better song than Go West? Uh, it's really tough because you compare you get you comparing. It's it's like it always is with this this podcast is you're comparing different styles different genres you know who's to say that one is well i suppose we're to just say because that's what we're trying to do yeah <laughs> one's better than the other <laughs> condemn the whole podcast um can, um, I, can I add though um, this is like, this is, i think and I, I you know go west have uh been around for, for years and they're still touring it's great and they're still doing some you know they're still playing and giving enjoyment for everyone i think and that's really important. I think obviously the eighties revivals has been for the last fifteen, twenty years has been a big thing, isn't it? Sort of the revival of certain yeah. bands. And they do sort of tours just in that, that kind of like idea of it's an eighties reunion. Um I think Storms is gonna be I, I, I can't see him anything but than going down in history as being one of the most important kind of artists of his generation. I rest my case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, we're talking about we're talking about the song. He is totally and utterly guilty. <laughs> Nothing more. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Of course it is. Of course it's a better song. Like I just think, like I'll go west. Always going to suffer from the time that they come from, and the you know is because go west has lasted this long. Who's to say yeah. it's not going to last? Longer. However, I do. I, I think you're right. I'm just. It, sometimes I feel sorry for bands from the '80s because yeah, if they're if you're not um, kind of a niche band from the '80s, let's say, mm. so someone like the Smiths maybe, who were were big but were very niche on their, you know, they're not mass market pop. No, even exactly. though they achieved, um, uh, you know, like a big following and a big cult yeah. following, but they are quite quite a niche band whereas if you're pop from the 80s you're kind of sneered at and frowned upon um not by us because we love it but no, I think, oh, yeah, exactly i think that's that's the problem i think because it was so it was so well produced or it kind of came in the era of, yeah. kind of quite perfectly polished pop and stock and Mortman, for example was one of the sort of the sort of founders of that kind of like you know perfect yeah, and cheesy and like pop the ethos, but also the ethos of the time for that sort of thing is like it's like American movies at the time, isn't it? It's like, mm. you know, it's everything about great pop songs from, from that era is always going to struggle because it was such a, such a niche time. 
uh, not niche time, sorry, other niche bands, but such a, a, a kind of specific. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's just dabbing on. Of course, Storms is better, so the end. <laughs> it's 2 1 now, Jim, isn't it? To go <laughs> west. So let's, uh, this, could be, this could be the turnaround. Um, and I'm going to roll for you, Jim. So I'm going to roll a four. Okay. Oh, song four, four. four. Yeah, four. Okay. Uh, number four is uh, this is a biggie. I've gone big this time. We need to. Uh, we're lucky. This is a biggie because we need to uh, claw the claw the claw the next score back. Uh, this is the late great David Bowie with Sound of Vision. Okay, there it is. I don't know. Don't know what to say about that. Really, what a brilliant, brilliant song! One of my favourite Bowie songs. Um, I love the lyric. Uh, blue, blue, electric blue is the colour of my room. I think that's genius. Um, I think that speaks volumes. I think that speaks about colour and it speaks about like the electronica of music. I think that's great and the way stars are changing. I love the incredibly long lead in. Um, it is long, just, isn't it? It's about, what, a minute and a half or something? Yeah. Maybe, maybe longer, I don't know. know. I love the song. You do find yourself going, come on, get on with it. But, um, yeah, but apparently it, it was an instrumental to begin with and then he recorded, after everyone had gone, he recorded the lyrics. Ah, that figures, that figures. Every, everyone had left the studio and he recorded the lyrics. So, it, um, it is that hook, isn't it? I mean, the hook on the guitar <laughs> is the kind of... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funky, isn't it? It's sort of quite, it's quite sort of, um, just quite a sort of nice, slow, but kind of like it's funky, it's funky, slow sort of feel to it. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great song to listen to. I love listening to it in a car as well. It's really nice to drive along to. Released in '77, it was uh, off um, an album. It's off low. I can't remember what one. Yeah, it's off, off. it's off low, isn't it? The album. Low. That's it. Yeah, yeah low. It did quite well, but not brilliantly. It only got to number 69 in the US Billboard charts. Huh. Uh, number three in the UK. Uh, Netherlands, number two, they preferred Sheena Easton. Uh, yeah, so, it, I mean, it, it did all right. It's, it's probably, that's probably the era, wasn't it? Well, that's obviously post sort of Ziggy Stardust and um, yeah, and that, that era, sort of early 70s. So this is kind of here. And it was obviously 80s Bowie kind of went off in a different direction. Well, yeah, all this all these sort of manifestations of Bowie sort of turn into different yeah. things, don't they? But, um, I mean, the song, the song that he released before it was Suffragette City. So yeah, quite a, a produced by Tony, David Bowie and Tony Visconti. Ah, okay. Well. Um, who obviously did a lot of work with him. Yeah, it's one of the ones, it's not a song that, like I say, it did, it did chart, but it's not one of his, um, I don't know his big ones, but I mean, I, I, I sort of came back into love with it when it was used for like a BBC um, trailer for the BBC shows about three yeah. or four years ago. I remember watching it and thinking, oh yeah, I forgot that song. It's, it's a great song. Um, <coughs> there's enough kind of going song. on for it to, keep, for it to be interesting. Obviously, the, the fact there's nothing happening vocally for the first sort of minute and a half, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean it's not one of the it's not one of the ones that leaps out of you when you out of you when you think David Bowie. I mean, obviously there's kind of Starman, Life on Mars, yes, and all, all of the Ziggy stuff, and then like you say, the, through into the eighties with kind of um, uh, China Girl and yeah, even Let's Dance, dude, things like that. Yeah, yeah, um, Let's Dance. 
Um, <coughs> he's good. I do like it. He's quite, he is quite an obvious thing, but he's quite Bowie in that, isn't he? In the sound of vision. Yeah. Um, what's the lyric he says? It's like, could you get, could you sound more like yourself? Um, <laughs> <laughs> even even the blue blue electric I mean, even he sat, he, he sort of goes into his he goes into every sort of version of himself from sort of cockney to sort of like old sort of scary opera crooner um okay, yeah he does just go this is it here we go bowie bowie and, and it's funny because actually you know he, clearly bowie was a genius and like you know he was mm. artistic enough to kind of basically do what he wants but you could also argue maybe at some point you go, God, Bowie, that was awful. What were you doing? <laughs> I saw I saw David Bowie play in 1996 at the Phoenix Festival, which was one of the festivals. Hey, right. Was that that Little Wonder stuff? Uh, it was in Little Wonder stuff, and you, had, you kind of went into a bit of drum and bass for like a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and, and it was fine. Little but it, Wonder. Yeah, it was a bit. Like that song, yeah, actually. no, it was, that, that was the song that I thought was all right from that, that kind of era, but that was it. Um, but it was a strange kind of thing. I was thinking, why is he singing this sort of music? And I guess it kind of fitted the, t- the time because the, the Prodigy were playing that sort of that uh, festival. Yeah. So sort of one of their big kind of like festival gigs they did. Because um, didn't he, like at his birthday around that time, he, um, there was a, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of the band. Brian. Oh, Malo- um, not Maloko. Uh, Brian Moore. Yeah, you know yeah. who I Placebo. Mean, Placebo. Placebo, that's it. Yeah. And he only let them, they were the only band allowed to play at his birthday, weren't they? You could um, see that, can't you? Around sort of, that he's time. quite androgynous, yeah, isn't yeah. he? The uh, least yeah. Placebo. Um, but yeah, so, um, so, yeah so, so, you know, to sort of say against Bowie, that was a bit crap. It's sort of almost a bit sacrosanct. You shouldn't really say that. But, um, but yeah, and also his last album before he died was, was fantastic. Um, so yeah, you know, who am I to say that? Um, anyway, sound and vision, what do you reckon? Uh, I mean, even in blue, blue, electric blue, that's the color of my room, sounds a little bit infantile when he sings it. Do, do, be, do, be, do, do, be, do, be, do, be, do. What are you talking about, infantile? That's like flipping, that's saying my room is like this electronica and feeling the electronica music. Blue, blue, electric blue, that's the colour of my room where I will live, blue, blue. Uh, <laughs> it's just the way he's written. But you know what? That's David Bowie. And he can, he, like I said, he, he's, pretty, he's got carte blanche to do what he wants, really, isn't he? Exactly. Um, that's whatever he wants. So, uh, so, is it better than Go West? We close our eyes. Sound and vision is. So, yeah, it is. Okay. Come on, right. here we go. Okay, roll it for me. The decider. You've got a number six. Oh yes, now good. And uh, let's let's kick it off with the Beatles and the Fall on the Hill. So that was uh, Fall on the Hill by the Beatles. Um, it's not one of the sort of the most sort of biggest sort of like most popular songs, I guess. Uh, the Fallen Hill. Um, I suppose you could call it a ballad, maybe. Um, and it's from 1967 um, mm. uh, from the Magical Mystery Tour album. Um, Paul McCartney sung, Paul McCartney written, therefore. Um, and yeah, it's it's 
for me, I think it's one of their greatest songs. And I, I, I'm going to put my neck on the line and say, I think it's better than yesterday, the, the Paul McCartney song. Um, mm-hmm. and it's very similar. Similar very in some similar. ways. Uh, I think, I, the, the I think it's more interesting. Behind it is very, yeah, definitely. But it's, it's a very, it's a simple, the simplicity of it for me makes it very similar. Yeah. Uh, but in the same breath, I think that's it. I think there's a bit more going on in this than yesterday. I think yesterday's perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think it's perfect on what yesterday is. But I think this, this for me is just a, I think it's just a bit more interesting. I mean, first of all, I quite like, well, first of all, why is it linked to the idea and the theme of the, of the episode about sort of eyesight? It's about the fall. He sees the sun going down. He sort of uh, sees things in a different way. And he's, because uh, he's a fool and he's alone on a hill and they pe- the people think he's stupid. And, you know, rather like sort of Shakespeare and the King Lear fall. Mm. Um, He's actually not. He's actually the most person who sees everything. Um, and I think, uh, so I like the imagery of it, first of all. I think it's quite, it's quite a nice sort of imagery. It's a nice story. Um, it sort of does, it sort of echoes a bit of a sort of a folk song. I think the idea of it being on a hill and quite yeah. country and almost, I suppose you've got in the, the actual song itself, you've got the flutes and uh, there's also a fantastic use of recorder. I don't think I've ever really heard being used before in the sort of the instrumental um, part of the song where we just hear the recorder playing, which brings me into kind of the idea of Paul McCartney. <laughs> he's a bit odd in places when he's songwriting. Obviously, the sort of the frog, the frog song, that kind of idea of the cheesiness of Macca. I think this kind of really kind of his, his little dip into that. I mean, you can talk about the Beatles and say, well, Yellow Submarine's a silly song. Octopus's Garden is a bit, a bit crazy. Um, I am the Even Walrus. Magical Mystery Tour itself is. Um, I suppose the whole idea of that is, 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 is it's kind of surreal, isn't it? Because um, when I was a kid, that was one of the one of the things I used to listen to loads. Was we had the um, seven inch wallet of Magical okay. Mystery Tour, so it was like I think it was it was either two or four seven inches in this kind of. Oh, okay, book. nice. Yeah, and you opened it up, and it had Magical Mystery Tour. It had Fall on the Hill. It had I Am the Walrus. And then it had little notes from people. And me and my mate were, I mean, this is when we were like, I was like seven or eight, really. And it used to say, someone had written, I, it, I, I am the walrus. And then some kid had written, no, you're not, says Lizzie, age nine, or something like that, had written <laughs> a note to John Lennon right. saying, no, you're not, kind of thing. <laughs> and it was, uh, but it was, it was a great little, little wallet. I've still got it somewhere. I think it's at my brother's, but yeah. it's a it's a brilliant. Album. But yeah, so that's that's where I know this from. Yeah, and um, and it's not a song. Obviously, they you know Beatles never played live after much after sort of fifty sixty five. So, um, but I mean, Macca played it a few times on his recent tour a few years ago. Um, so it's obviously a song that he's still quite fond of. Um, and I think m- melody wise and musically, I think it's really lovely. I mean, I played on the piano yesterday. Um, the it's a D major sixth chord. Not that it means much to anyone, but like it's it's just a lovely, it's a nice chord to play. But also, it does the interesting thing in the chorus where it goes into a minor chord, um, which you know most choruses don't really deviate too much from the verse in terms of or or, or you go the other way. You start off with a minor and go to a, a major chord because it's the chorus and everyone sings along. Mm. Um, but the Fallen Hill gets a bit kind of almost melancholic in its corner chorus. Um, um, yeah, and I, I, yeah, it's a great song. It's a really good song. Um, I've got to say a big thank you to Paul Lagerdale, friend friend of the show, who wants to be called, I think, the, the musical consultant for this. Um, yeah, but uh, he he pointed me in this direction of of this song, and actually, yeah, he's right. It's, this is a it's a great song. 
Um, and I told you, I've got to go big guns. I had to go big guns against Go West. And <clears throat> the Beatles, you don't get bigger than the Beatles. That's true. We've, it says a lot about Go West that we've had to pull out David Bowie and uh, yeah. and the Beatles. Exactly. And Definitely. Sheena Easton. And, uh, you know. Well, I'm not sure about that. Will, will it, I mean, people in Japan will argue against that as well. Um, <laughs> they, they, true, hate they, they hate her. They hate her. What do you think, Jim? All on the hill. Well, like I said, like I do, it's not a song that you know. And I gotta be honest with you, I hadn't thought about it until you talked about it. Um, but it is a, it's a lovely song, and it's like you know me saying about the magical mystery tour wallet. Just remembering that from being like it, and it, it, it's on that. And I just don't even like it's not a song that I would even think about. But so many of the Beatles songs are so great. My my issue with Fall on the Hill here is the theme if we're saying it's the content then that's fine because i know in the past we've done things that like girl songs that have girls names in the title yeah or songs that uh, reference something else in the title but if we're saying that this isn't about the title yeah and is about the theory of the song if we're okay with that and we're not and that's not killing the, the theme then yes 100 percent I think I think we've always said that the songs about you know we're looking for songs about eyesight or seeing or it's never really about we're looking at titles is it? But um, I can see what you're getting at. I just, don't want, to, I just don't want a backlash on Twitter from <laughs> one listener. Um, well, if we're saying it's better, well, first of all, we are saying it's better, aren't we? So we're, we're, we're looking we're at better, yeah. we're looking at a three-two win to uh, to us. I, guess, I don't want I don't want Peter Cox to um, get on Twitter. He's going to get his wrench out. I don't. I don't I don't. I don't want to go West backlash. Well, um, um, go to Japan. They love them there. But well, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, more than Sheena Easton. Three, three, two. Then, mate. Well, I had. Can I just mention the other three that I had? I, I actually did have Sound and Vision, uh, David Bowie. So, um, uh, uh, so you were just t- teasing me. I, I was teasing you a little bit because I was thinking, okay, well, because that was my one. I wasn't. I was. It's David Bowie, but um, I was still a little bit. Mm, with it I had The Look of Love by ABC yeah uh, it's a good song it's a good, good song. song and I had uh, uh, De La Soul I Know which is a fantastic song um, it's also De La Soul Soul Roots as well because it's the sample of uh, Otis Redding isn't it Dock of the Bay um, it's also a sample of Steely Dan Peg yeah but the whistling uh, that Oh yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, the actual music of it, the guitar is. Yeah, down, which is a great change. Um, so that were my three other ones. What did you have, Jim? I had quite a few actually. I had I'd rather go blind by Etta James or Sydney Youngblood, whichever is your boys in. First time ever I saw your face. Ah, flat. Soul Roots. Yeah, that's a really good tune. A good cover by Johnny Cash as well, actually, on that of course, um, of course. Uh, Cash album. Yeah. Uh, the warbling Mariah Carey, Vision of Love. And uh, and the other one was Kelly Watch the Stars by Air, which is oh, a yeah, brilliant great. song. Yeah. Not great. even their best, but a great song. Um, I had a few that didn't make the cut as well. I had um, uh, I See You Baby by um, Groove Armada. 
Jimmy Cliff, uh, obviously, I can see clearly now. We, we mentioned yeah, him yeah. in a previous episode, didn't we? One that you'll like is Looking for Linda by Hue and Cry. No, that was, that, that's a great tune. I, mean, actually, I could happily have put that in and argued that. Well, to, to, still, to looking. still looking. Um, the problem with that one for me was I hate Hue and Cry. Why do you I hate, hate Hue and Cry? Other. I hate that song. Gonna win for a, my baby. No, 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 no. Oh, I hated that song. Ain't gonna work for you no more. It's a great song. Oh, well, listen, we, we may have to talk about them on a different episode. Can I mention some of the stuff, <laughs> stuff we got on Twitter? Steve K, actually, he suggested as well. I know, Della Soul. Uh, Alison Curry mentioned Eye to Eye, which is another Go West track. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stuart Rogerson mentioned uh, Tommy, obviously, the, the Who. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, soundtrack was uh, all about that. Uh, David Jan James, I can see clearly now, said that, and also Eye Level by the Simon Park Orchestra. Uh, and Elizabeth Cox mentioned, mentioned Eye of the Tiger, but the best one I had was um, from was George Benson, Benson sorry, 2020. Uh, but this is a woman, yeah. woman on Twitter called Helen Blaby, and she's from BBC Northampton, which is where I'm from, Northampton. Uh, who I discovered, looking at who, you know, you sort of see on someone's Twitter bio, who follows them, Sadiq Khan and uh, Barack Obama. Uh, now, then, you know, now then, Jim, I believe you're going to maybe <laughs> say something about that. I, I was staggered by, by that, but what, what are you going to say? I'm actually followed by Barack Obama on Twitter. And I've also just very slightly uh, thought a little bit less of Barack Obama now he follows anyone. <laughs> Do you know what? Everyone I tell about that gets so annoyed about it. Like when it when I first showed someone, and this is going back like maybe ten years now, and I showed them, it said Barack Obama follows me, and they went, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's a, it's a, it's not actually him. It's a, yeah. it's a bot account, and they follow everyone back. I went, "Go on, then you follow him." This was like he didn't have that many followers. He wasn't following that many people then. And she like she went, yeah, okay, da da da. And still to this day, every time I see her, I go, Barack Obama following me yet? Then the bot following me? She's like, no, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? <laughs> it's always a good one. It's always a good one to pull out. I've done it at work a few times. Where you're talking to people about two, you go, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm voice of a nation. Barack Obama follows me. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And I scroll through. The easiest way to do it is to find Barack Obama, and it just says Barack Obama follows you. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. It is cool, isn't it? Well, there you go. Three, two, uh, to us. Go west. We close our eyes. Good, good episode. I like that. Um, yeah. And again, it's nice, nice to bring some big guns out for some big songs, isn't it? Yeah, quite often I shy away from the big guns, but you've got to, if it's, a, I, I only pull, pull them out if I think it's a really good song. We've talked about that with Elvis before, yeah, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, exactly. Because like, there's so many Elvis songs, you unless I think it's a, like just a great, it's one of his top tunes, then what's the point? But if you want to get in contact with us, you can uh, do that at, Five Better Podcast on Instagram or Twitter um, and let us know anything you've got any suggestions for. And if you do listen to the podcast, give us a, a rating, a good rating, or <laughs> and well, a comment on, on, on iTunes and uh, uh, that'll, that'll help us along. And maybe yeah, one day yeah. we'll get some free stuff because that's what we're doing it for. <laughs> still, still waiting. Still waiting. <laughs> We're still waiting for free stuff and you and Cry are still looking out for Linda. <laughs> They're never going to stop looking, eh, Jim? Never stop looking. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Nice one. We'll, we'll, we'll see you soon. Next episode. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.